Hey everyone, and thank you for joining me this Thursday night. I do appreciate it always. And this has kind of become a thing for us, you know, they're having the social streams. So I do enjoy that. I'm hoping that I'm coming through okay on YouTube. I got this kind of weird error message. So if it did come through okay, just, yeah, okay. One of you commented on the music. So apparently it did stream. All right, great. So we're actually making it to several sources. There we go. Always good to start off with technical problems. It's like a great omen. But in any case, one of the chatters um, before I started this stream said, and left left a comment, he said, being a Brit, what is your take on US libertarianism? And the thing is, that's a, that's a term that few people can define, because as soon as I start to say something against libertarianism, those who identify with libertarianism will jump and say, well, that's not my brand of libertarianism, that's not what it is, and so on. Um, and so it's kind of like arguing with a communist in that regard. No offense to the libertarians, I know you're not the same as communists, but it is that kind of, um, you get that kind of response. And so when I look at libertarianism, if you just take the sort of, I don't know, like Stefan Molyneux kind of brand, I guess, I mean, you have to ask things like, well, what about abortion? Does it violate the non-aggression principle and all of that? I mean, I consider it pretty, pretty aggressive because it's pretty murderous. What about when you look at our modern society, though, I don't think libertarianism is a solution to any of our problems. Because what I generally see is like, when I was younger, I was more inclined toward libertarianism. Nowadays, I look at the problem of the decline of our culture, and like, for example, the degeneracy that you see foisted upon uh, America's children. Is that okay? Well, by most brands of libertarianism, the answer is yes, that's perfectly fine. And where I'm sitting, no, that's not okay, and frankly, it ought to be illegal and considered child abuse. So, you know, there you go. Uh, so that's that's my my fast version of my opinion on libertarianism. But there are certain things that, uh, certain of my views rather, that are more libertarian. Like for example, when it comes to marijuana possession, I don't want to see people locked up for that because I generally think that prohibition in that particular case uh, is far more harmful than. Um, than letting people use it, even though I think that using it on a regular basis is a bad idea. Um, I think that it's a good idea to be sort of driven, and marijuana does the opposite. But anyway, I digress because I don't want to get on this big, you know, marijuana discussion. But anyway, oh, and a lot of people want to hear me comment on the Hunter Biden story. And I'm really not going to because I don't think anything's going to happen to him. And I know that's not what anyone wants to hear really, especially like, you know, the people in this chat. But the thing is that I don't think that his guilt is really associated with whether or not he will actually get locked up. Because if if there was that association, then we wouldn't have a problem. If there was that association, then I'd say, well, of course, of course he's going to jail uh, for the things he's done, because I would go to jail with that amount of evidence against me. And therefore, but the thing is, we don't have that kind of a justice system. As in, we don't have a fair justice system, we don't have one in which everybody, regardless of their uh, nepotistic ties, gets treated the same way. And so I'm kind of unwilling to sort of indulge that mindset that says, hey, just any minute now, Hillary Clinton's going to jail. Right, you remember that mindset, right? When a lot of people uh, a few years ago were saying, well, yeah, any day now, Hillary Clinton's going to get locked up. And it was a bit fanciful, because that's not the way that our society works. And I kind of wonder if... Trump, in like 2016 or so, thought that that was the case. He thought that he'd actually get Hillary Clinton uh, jailed and someone in a in a legitimate trial, and then it actually he got into power and he realized that he actually doesn't have anywhere near as much power as he thought he did. And instead, the intelligence agencies have tremendous power over the government more so than he ever did, and and all of that. Uh, that's what I kind of wonder. But in any case, I, I don't like to dabble in hopium. I mean, I hope that I'm wrong in this particular case when it comes to the Hunter Biden story. I would like to have some faith restored in our justice system, but at the moment, uh, I'm not expecting it. I would love to be proven wrong. If I am proven wrong, I will absolutely cover the story. Um, but as it is, I'm just not really going down that rabbit hole. So hold on. Oh. WW on DLive says, now they say Hillary is dead or in Guantanamo Bay. Yes, yes, there are always people on the internet who, when striving for little pieces of hope, will 
rather deal in fantasy than they would in truth. And again, it's not something that I, I can indulge. So I don't. Much to some people's chagrin, I do get hate mail from some of the people who are still, I don't know if you call them cures anymore, because I don't even know if like Q is still um, out there giving giving shady messages or not, but there are still people who are like, well, any day now, everything's going to get turned over, and yeah, I'm just not on that, I'm not on that um, line of thought, and I don't want to encourage other people to ignore what's really going on in favor of what they hope is going on behind the scenes, which encourages people to do nothing and just, you know, trust the plan. Oh, before we get too far into this, our show now has a mascot, actually. So yeah, I realize this is not political in the least. But in any case, our show has a mascot, so I'd like you to meet Leo. This is this is Leo right here. Um, so he's he's a terrier, and I got him this week. So he now joins the show, um, you know, as you would expect. Okay. All right. Anyway, let's move on to um, some some regular topic. Oh, because we had the Oscars that just took place. That people wouldn't have known that the Oscars took place if it weren't for the unlikely inclusion of black-on-black -black violence in this year's Oscars. And really, that's been something that has been ignored and downplayed in years past. You know, you don't, you don't get that covered anymore because it's always, you look at the modern movies that are being like promoted at the Oscars and stuff, it's like, well, there's this evil white man and he was attacking this black man and that's just so representative of modern society and no. But now you see, you wouldn't have known the Oscars even took place, let's be honest, because we all tuned out as soon as we... Yeah, years ago, we all tuned out from all these different award ceremonies, I think, because they're absolute torture. But but now now we're aware that one happened. Yeah, that was... If anybody who, who doesn't know, that was when Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. You know, uh, it was last year, uh, the last Oscars, that um, the, the hashtag Oscars so white was trending on Twitter because there were too many white people who were awarded. And by the way, there weren't like more white people than, you know, society. There weren't more white people represented at the Oscars than would be relational to society's uh, makeup. But still, there were too many white people according to the leftists on Twitter and so on. This time we didn't have that trending, so, you know, that's the case. Okay. Um, WW says Oscars were good in the 70s. I believe you, that was before my time, however. Um, is Leo a teacup? He's not supposed to be. Um, he's nine weeks old and he weighs two pounds. We'll see how much he grows. I'm not really worried about it either way. It'll be good. Um, he's fine. Okay. Um, oh, oh, okay. This is where we should move, all right? Because today, March 31st, thanks to the Biden administration, is now known as International Day of Transgender Visibility. Because that's a day that we really needed, um, apparently, for some reason. And it's really interesting terminology, because let's take this slow, okay? International Day of Transgender Visibility. Like, visibility? Um, who wasn't aware that they were there? Unfortunately, we're all aware that these people exist at this point. They're massively overrepresented inside of movies and TV shows at this point. I mean, just tremendously. We're spawning them in our school system, you know, right, by, by telling these kids, hey, you, Jimmy, you know that you might actually be a girl if you feel that way on the inside sometimes. Do, do you like to cook? Well, maybe you, you're actually a girl on the inside. And we're, we're warping these kids, and then we're telling them that the only way they can be cool and get acknowledgement is in order to, you know, indulge this trans fantasy and so on. So, yeah. But the, the whole thing about trans visibility, it's really an interesting choice of words, because rather ironically, this is a group of people who doesn't want to be seen. At least not for who they really are. These are people who are deep inside of an identity crisis, who are in denial of self, and who do not wish to be seen for how they are, for how they were made. Right? So it's, it's a really... I find it fascinating. Okay, but I'm going to cue in, and just try not to, like, you know, get sick or anything, but I'm going to try to cue in um, Biden on his... Uh, his speech about this, about the, the Trans Visibility Day, or what have you. And I just want to show you like a few seconds of it, 
because there are some parts that are just sort of okay maddening is is the word all right but i do want to show them to show them with you all right to everyone celebrating transgender day of visibility i want you to know that your president sees you jill kamala doug our entire administration sees you for who you are made in the image of god and deserving of dignity respect and support okay let's stop right there all right so yes yes he's right Every person is made in the image of God and deserving of dignity and respect and support. You know how you do that, though? You acknowledge the person's intrinsic worth and intrinsic dignity as they were made. And this is a point... I'm not going to pay play any more of this video because you guys will stop tuning out and I wouldn't blame you. Um, but I find something really egregious about somebody like Joe Biden here who goes ahead and, and employs that that use of words, that, that these people are made in, in the image and likeness of God and and then and therefore we should say that they aren't. Therefore we should say that they're something else. It's like, no, there is no morality in standing there facing a person who's in the midst of an identity crisis and saying, I deny you too. When you're so low that you're unable and unwilling to accept who you really are and how you're really made, allow me to deny you as well because it's the cowardly thing for me to do. Because let's be straight, <laughs> no pun intended, um, that's the only reason that you would say to somebody who is trans, yes, you're whatever you say you are. It's because you're, it's out of cowardice. And it's sort of a collective coward, cowardice that we're all engaging in right now. And we're all saying, you know, well, no, maybe you're not, okay, and I'm not, but you know what I mean, most people are. Where we a group together to say, well, yes, we're going to placate these people. We're going to indulge them in whatever delusional state that they're in and tell them what they want to hear because it's easier for us. Even though we know that what they need to hear is the truth, because that's always what people need to hear is the truth. Yes, you can look at somebody who's struggling with transgenderism and say, you know, yes, you have value and you have dignity, but you have value and dignity because you were made in the image and likeness of God, which is not this other thing that you're, you're pretending to be. You know, you can't just suddenly say, well, I, I deny myself intrinsically and therefore you have to play along and expect society to sort of adjoin to you. And that's the way that we have it going. And then we're, because we're all indulging in this collective lie out of cowardice, then we take this 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 poor foundation upon which we're building society and we say to the next generation of kids well you have to believe this too because now we're not just saying to this trans person yes you're whatever you say that you are but instead we're saying to every kid in every school these people are what they say that they are and you have to say it and you have to pretend to believe it too or maybe you actually have to believe it because you're saying this to kids who are too vulnerable and too young to really know and we're taking something they ought to know in, in an absolutist stance. They ought to be able to distinguish between a man and a woman, a boy and a girl, without somebody else saying, well, maybe you should doubt what you see. Maybe you should doubt the most fundamental thing and instead let, let people and their feelings step in the way of that. And it's like, I don't think there's a limit to just how far this can go at this point. Because when you start engaging in a denial of truth, I mean, then what? On what basis then are we going to build our society? We're doing it on a lie, and then we're persecuting the people who dare to point out the lie and saying that they're the ones who are immoral. I'm sorry, no, that's not the way it is. The people who are immoral are the people who are willing to engage in the lie, engage in the delusion, lie to the person who's having a, a, an identity crisis, the person who's mentally ill, refuse to tell them what the truth is when you're the one who can see it even when they can't. That's not moral, it's evil and it's cowardly. Um, okay. Anyway. Um, uh, I just, I find this entire topic frustrating. But in addition to putting out that announcement, about uh, this trans visibility day or what have you. At the same time, in order to sort of add more weight to his announcement, it's now been said that you can put an X gender on your passport. Also. 
Okay, so that's when you're basically saying I'm neither male nor female, I'm nothing. So I was talking about an identity crisis a minute ago. It's like, well, that's kind of the ultimate. You know, you're, you're not even saying I'm this other one. You're saying I'm nothing. And I think that's really indicative of a person in a really bad place. But instead, we're indulging it. We're just saying, yeah, of course, of course, you're, you're a, a they, a they, which is such a contradiction in terms. But we're going along with that. And we're doing it also in the case of uh, Social Security as well. We're doing it with uh, FAFSA, you know, the uh, student aid, uh, federal applications for student aid, rather. All of that, all at once, we're just saying, oh, you know, you don't actually... And there's no doctor involved at this point. Uh, we removed all... All impediments to that, according to the according to the Biden administration. So now you just put X, and there you go. Um, okay, hold on. Uh, okay, yeah, I, was, I got confused by one of your chatters. That's all. Uh, a rational wrong thing says to be fair. If we're not a biologist, how are we supposed to know what gender we or anyone else is? You know, uh, people are gonna be watching this in a few in a few weeks, and they'll already have forgotten any sort of context to that. Yes. The Supreme Court Justice uh, actually said that she didn't know how she could define a woman because she wasn't a biologist. And, you know, like I was talking about a second ago, what is that other than cowardice? I don't see, I, I, I don't see any other way. Because you know, as well as I know, that she knows how to define a woman. She knows that she's sitting there because she's a woman, which is incredibly ironic she was literally chosen for being a, to use modern terminology and Biden administration terminology, a, what was it, a female woman of, a woman of color, right? Female person of color. There you go. That's why she was chosen. And then now she's like, I don't actually know how you define a woman, but she presumably knows that she's one. And this is what I mean when we're talking about this almost universal denial of truth. And that it says something about the sort of times that we're really in. And it, it does not bode well for the future. See, Vintage USA Tech says, My wife found you today and we're impressed. Well, thank you and welcome. Welcome to the channel. I don't know how long we'll stick around on YouTube. Just letting you know. <laughs> I have links in the description to other places. Um, although, actually, I did get re-monetized on YouTube. You may actually notice that. I actually have, for, the, for those who have been around for a while, that, that actually just got re-monetized on YouTube. Again, don't know how long that'll last. But it's kind of a strange quirk. I almost feel guilty about having it. Like, I feel I feel dirtier now. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Um, oh, and in in indulging this whole um, trans garbage, the Biden administration is promoting the Jeopardy champion Amy uh, Schneider, and I don't remember what Amy's real name is. I'm sorry. Um, that's the trans person who was actually a man, who went on Jeopardy, and then got the top top winning woman in the show's history. Um, which is just another one of those, those instances where we're completely uh, separated, I guess, from, from reality. And where all these different men are coming in and they're just winning female prizes right and left. And then the feminists are like, I don't know if we can defend this, um, because how would we? Because we can't define women either anymore. And what's the point of feminism anymore? Because we don't really know what a woman is. Yeah, that's the kind of... I mean, it, it's like we're in such times that nobody can make a coherent argument because we can't even control the language in a very, I mean, just direct Orwellian sense. Uh, Eden's just donated $5. Thank you. He says, the FDA has approved CRISPR-edited cows to be bought and sold. Brazil banned these same cows. Also, also the HealthWise articles were way ahead of their time. Thank you. I do appreciate that. Yes, um, the HealthWise work that we did with regard to like cloning and different, I mean, with, with the animal products as they are now, it's, yeah, it, for sure. It actually was ahead of its time. And I don't mean to like, you know, pat myself on the back quite like that. But yes, it, it really... Back then, I don't think people believed where we were going, and now it's like, oh, we're there. Um, anyway, uh, let's see. A rational wrong thing, I'm not uploading content onto YouTube anymore. If I can watch elsewhere, fair enough. Um, no, I did not make backroom deals with YouTube. I'm sure that I'll lose the demonetization again in the future. Um, 
what book or thinker has the most influence on your worldview? Well, that's kind of a weird question because, well, it's not a weird question. It's a weird answer. Um, because I, what I do isn't political. It's, it's cultural. So, so what I do is try to promote Christian values. And so that's it. And so those don't actually change from one generation to the next. So it's not like there's one political pundit that I can say, hey, this person inspired me and filled me in. I, because those people will fail you. I, I'll probably fail you at some point. I'm human. It's, it's, and I try not to. I try not to disappoint as much as I possibly can. But what I'm doing here in trying to save the culture in a very small way, granted, is to sort of promote Christian values and put them in a very modern context because we're dealing with things that people in general just don't they don't know anymore like you know it's like we, we talk about the trans stuff and we talk about abortion and we talked about IVF last week and it's like stuff like that but people get really confused because the modern terminology has been sort of rewritten so that it's hard to know how to tie these in some cases uh, to the Christian values and that's what I'm trying to do here um yeah um, Krista says, which is what humanity always needs, Christian values. I, I, I tend to think so. Um, all right, let's, let's go ahead and, and move on, all right? Oh, actually, actually, well, this is kind of moving on, but it was just kind of an impulse. Fox News hired Bruce Jenner as a contributor, or as they call Bruce, Caitlyn Jenner. They seriously, and this is Fox News, guys, okay, so this is... This is supposed to be um, the right wing. These are the people, this is the, the, the media outlet that is supposed to represent us. And it's like, no. And in a way, I'm glad that they're being more flagrant about it, because at this point, I don't think you can deny that Fox News is not conservative. You can argue that they're Republican, because Republicanism and conservatism are no longer married. At this point, they're, they're, they're completely disassociated from one another. But when you look at Fox News and they're basically saying, you know, we are on the other side. And, you know, I, I talk from time to time about how we have the slippery slope of the right. And it's so easy to see at this point as inside of more... Well, Away from mainstream media, if you look at the right, I covered last week the, the problem with Dave Rubin and his... Um, faux husband adopting children through IVF and all of that. And I, and I covered for an hour with Denise about all the ways in which that's wrong. Actually, I think we missed a few ways in which it was wrong, but we covered lots of the different ways in which it was wrong. Um, and how the conservative sphere, Conservative Inc., has largely said that was okay. And Ruben is considered by some to be a conservative. He's not. Uh, he calls himself a classical liberal. I think even by those terms, actually, though, he would have been rejected in classical liberal circles. But regardless, Conservative Inc. said, okay, that was okay. Now you've got Fox News coming out and saying, well, this trans um, ideology is okay as well. Because that's what they're doing when they bring on um, Bruce Jenner as a contributor. And they, were, they issued this this statement, and I'm, so I'm just going to go ahead and read this to you, because this is not like a, a small thing. It says, uh, this is by uh, Susan Scott, the Fox News Media CEO. Quote, Caitlin's story is an inspiration to us all. She is a trailblazer in the LGBTQ plus community, and her illustrious career spans a variety of fields that will be a tremendous asset for our audience. Unquote. So, we just referred to Bruce as Caitlyn, and also referred to him as a her multiple times, and then promoted the fact that uh, Bruce is a trailblazer in the LGBTQ+, plus, don't forget that plus, community, as if that was a, as if that was a plus, as if that was a positive. And I don't exactly see how that's the case at all. How is that a positive? Sincerely, I don't see anything positive about being a trailblazer in that community unless that person had abandoned the community in kind of more like a Milo sense, I suppose. Um, as for Jenna being an inspiration to us all, I don't know who all is, but I don't find that story inspirational. I find it tragic. 
And I find the idea of it being promoted to an audience that is worldwide and of different ages to be horrifying. That is the conservative position, that we don't promote people who are actively engaging in harmful lifestyle choices. And we especially don't do so when we have an audience that includes children. Okay. I mean, this this should be um, obvious. This was obvious all of what, 10 years ago? Um, and and now, we're, now we're arguing about it. It's, it's sickening to me, and I do think it, it sh it's showing the slope that we're going down. Like, I think uh, Denise and I were talking all of last week about how conservatism has, already, has sort of given up on the, the trans topic entirely. Uh, has has lost it because we gave up the topic of of homosexuality and homosexual marriage, um, so yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you guys in the chat are enjoying Leo. Yes, um, he keeps popping back up. Um, all right, hold on. Uh, Jonathan Lewis says people want Bruce to be called the greatest female athlete ever. They say he was always female, even before he acknowledged it. Um, right. And it's like, he's not female even now, even when he does say that he is. Um, and when he was, I mean, actively involved as an athlete, he was, well, fast more capable than any woman in that field, as one would expect. I mean, because when you, when you look at things like you know, track racing and stuff, you can see teenage boys in high school do faster than the fastest athletes at the at the national stage that women do. I mean, there just is a tremendous difference between men and women. And it's not changed by you just saying, oh, look, you know, I, I'm a guy now. That, that, that doesn't change um, me intrinsically. I mean, you know, it's like, for me, this just seems kind of obvious, I think, because it, it, in part, because I'm able to reason, but also in part because I grew up with like a bunch of brothers. And so the fact that they were just intrinsically stronger than me, there was no way I could overcome that, uh, was just very, very obvious. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna uh, speculate on what caused uh, Bruce to, uh, to switch and whether that was, uh, you know, him having rough experiences as a child, I don't know, maybe. You could even say probably. Or maybe, you know, Alex Jones was right about the frogs. Because the frogs weren't actually being turned gay. They were actually being turned trans. You know, that's, a, you know, that's a, actually an interesting topic. Because when I was still in high school, we were actually taught this. Like, we were actually being taught uh, the Alex Jones theory. But we were being taught it as the, as the norm. Like, it was just what everybody knew. So, for example, like, I was in this geography class. And British geography classes do not incorporate like where the countries are on a map. For some reason it was all like environmentalism. And so we had this teacher that was telling us all about how fertilizer and I think pesticide runoff was going into the oceans and it was causing these different uh, uh, creatures and fish and everything to uh, to be born with the opposite uh, of, I guess you could say as sort of like hermaphrodites and stuff. And what's funny is that that goes into the future, right? We go into the future, and then like 10 years later, I had um, Alex Jones going on about how they turned the frogs gay, but they weren't actually turning gay, they were just, you know, switching genders, you might say. Okay, anyway, I, I, I'm so off topic. Um, James Ed Eddington says, I'm surprised that YouTube allows misgendering. Will you be able to keep these chats going if you get evicted? I don't know what the other platforms support feature-wise. Well, that's why I have the, the link at the bottom that goes through Stream Elements and also the bar at the bottom that doesn't integrate YouTube for donations. It just is actually direct. Um, and yes, YouTube allows me to say a lot more on the gender to topic than other platforms. That's why I don't stream to Twitch because on Twitch you have to use the, uh, the incorrect pronouns uh, that people say you should use uh, and I'm just not willing to do that. I'm not willing to play that game. I'm not willing to lie simply because the platform requires it. At the same time, 
I don't say anything that's openly hostile toward the people who are struggling with this because I don't have any hostility toward them. Like I said earlier, like I recognize the fact they really were made the image and likeness of God. I just want them to recognize it too. I just want them to, um, uh, to accept that and to be helped to accept that, which means, you know, preventing all the different anti-conversion therapy, you know, things that are in place and especially in places like Canada and California, interestingly enough, that have prevented uh, trans people from getting the help that they need, that kind of thing. Um, so it's not like I have like personal animus, but at the same time, I absolutely think that children should be protected from them. And I don't think that children should be, you know, uh, made into sexual objects in cases of like, you know, drag, dressing them up in drag and that kind of stuff. Absolutely not. That's, that, that's evil. Oh, uh, this is going to be like my trans show for some reason because like uh, the, uh, in the last week there have been so many of these different topics and so it's just been on my mind. Like for example, we had the uh, the footage that leaked out of Disney when they they're doing their like uh, their private Zoom call kind of thing that they called Reimagine Tomorrow. Hold on. Um. And in that, you had uh, Disney's general entertainment president, uh, Carrie Burke, uh, talk about how she wants at least half of all future characters at Disney to be LGBTQ, I think she said LGBTQIA, or racial minorities. Actually, I think I can, I, I'm going to go ahead and tune some of this up, okay? Less me talking, because my throat's already getting sore, and we're only halfway through. All right. To everyone celebrating. Oops. Trend. I'm here as a mother of, of two queer children, actually, um, uh, one transgender child um, um, and one pansexual child. And okay, so before we let her go any further, she has two children um, who are uh, sexually deviant, I guess. I don't know how old they are, but generally most children shouldn't be defining their sexuality um, I mean, if, I guess if they're in their teens, maybe they have developed attraction. But other than that, if you're, you're bringing up your kids like that, uh, something's seriously wrong with you. And if you've got a, one child that's trans and one that's pansexual, yes, you have something seriously wrong. There is, because that's, that's well outside um, the bounds of normal representation, right? So something's wrong. You're doing something wrong. And instead, she's here bragging about this. And by the way, if you if you are lucky enough up until this point to not know what pansexualism is, it's somebody who uh, is basically sexually attracted to anything that moves. Or as they would say, to all genders. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, we'll, go, we'll continue for just a minute here. Um, and, and also as a leader. Um, and that was the thing that really got me because I have heard so much from so many of my colleagues over the course of the last couple of weeks um, in open forums and through emails and phone conversations. And um, I feel a responsibility to speak, um, not just for myself, but for them, um, to all of us. We, we, had a, we had an open forum last week at 20th where, um, again, the home of, of really incredible groundbreaking LGBTQIA stories over the years where um, one of our execs stood up and said, you know, we only have a handful of queer leads in our content. And I went, what? I, that can't be true. Yes, how horrifying. Just as a quick reminder, we're talking Disney. The target audience for Disney is children. And she is appalled by the fact that only a minority, you know, have, have these connections. I mean, honestly, if I was, you know, wanting content for my kids, I wouldn't want there to be romantic relationships uh, and certainly not like sexual attraction and stuff inside of those stories, even if they were heterosexual generally. I mean, sometimes you're like a, like a mother and a father in the background, but th that's not what she's talking about here. And I, and I, and I realized, oh, it, it actually is true. We have many, many, many LGBTQIA characters in our stories and, and, and yet we don't have enough leads um, and narratives in which gay characters just, just get to be characters um, and, and not have to be about gay stories. And okay, well, how is exactly is that going to work, pray tell? Because it would seem that any time you have 
Okay, so you have these characters in there who are gay, who are engaging in some kind of homosexual uh, acts and talking about their, their sexual attractions. It's like, yeah, that's, that's going to be a pretty defining characteristic of the character. But the thing is, they want it to be so so normal that you you barely even notice and that's that's ultimately what they're trying to do is change what kids think of as normal i'll put just a little bit more then we'll switch and so um that's been very eye-opening for me um and and i i can tell you um it's something that i feel perhaps had this moment not happened um i as a leader and me as my colleagues would not have focused on and okay i can't do anymore all right but in any case yes she feels that's, that was the key word there. Feels. It's all about her and her feels. She who raised two of her kids. I don't know how many kids she has, but it sounds like just two. Um, two of her kids to have this, frankly, serious problem. And it is a serious problem. I know someone's going to be seriously offended by me saying that, but it is a serious problem when you have you know, there's this deviancy away from the norm because the norm is the healthy state of being in which you can have a healthy relationship, a healthy marriage from which you can create a, a, a family. And that's that's the whole point. That's, that's what we're supposed to be moving toward um, as individuals. And it's what we're supposed to be encouraging as a society. And by the way, um, the Disney theme parks apparently are now banned from a bunch of different phrases. There's hello boys and girls like they used to use. They've eliminated terms like ladies, terms like, like gentlemen. Every instance of boys and girls have all been vanquished because you wouldn't want anybody to think that boys and girls were normal, apparently. Um, Keith Youngblood says, Disney has always been like this. It was just hidden before. Well, they've always had sort of like pedophilic problems because whenever you have... Whenever you're hiring adults who want to work around children, you intrinsically attract a bunch of pedophiles. So when you look year after year, you get these different arrests um, of, of pedophiles, of human traffickers, and so on. Of course, we had one, uh, several of those arrests just earlier this year. But it happens every single year, and it has for some time. Um, uh, Jonathan Lewis says, The Disney Plus... Uh, the Disney Plus streaming service is showing the series Pam and Tommy, which has explicit nudity and weird sex stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm not even surprised. I mean, and you look at, I mean, the stuff like Cuties over in Netflix, over on Netflix, and yes, there was outrage about that, and yes, there should have been, but it's becoming normal, and a lot of people went through um, a production process of that, frankly, pedophilic movie that included scenes where girls are gyrating their crotches toward the camera and the camera zooms in on it. I mean, that that's seriously messed up. It's wrong and it's it it, it would be criminal in most circumstances. I know that there actually is at least one criminal investigation going on in the case of cuties and I, and I hope that it um that it goes all the way through because it ought to. The people who got the girls to participate in that are, are evil and twisted and they ought to be prosecuted um anyway um okay oh and by the way of course for those who don't know marvel is part of disney so uh which i can't remember which marvel movie it was but like i think it was the last one uh was that Endgame where you had all the different women all lined up and running toward um the bad guy um that was for me when i saw that i was like okay so that's that this is where Marvel is just kind of done. It's going to go super woke from here because it's pretty clear that they're all they're all in on that and and they were. So yes, all right. I, I do want to go through some of the other different videos though that have come out have been leaked out of this Disney conference thing. Okay, because we we actually have more. All right, so here we go. It's like I love Disney's content. I grew up watching you know all of the classics. They have been a huge like informative <laughs> part of my life. But at the same time, like. I worked at small studios most of my career and I'd heard, you know, you hear whispers. Like I'd, I'd heard things like, oh, you know, they won't let you show this at a Disney show. And I'm like, okay. So firstly, she enjoyed Disney before it was openly woke. All right. And then she went to work at Disney and she was a little bit cautious because she had heard that, that when you're working at Disney, there are certain things that you can't put inside of the movies and TV shows because they're not appropriate for children. 
Let's continue though. Okay, so I was a little like sus when I started, and, but then my experience was bafflingly the opposite of what I had heard on my little pocket of like, you know, proud family, Disney TVA, um, the showrunners were super welcoming, Meredith Roberts and like the, the our leadership over there has been so welcoming to like my like not at all secret gay agenda. And so like my not at all secret gay agenda. She said that and she's serious. And the thing is, the reason that I'm going through and showing you these is because it's not like this is just one person. You know, like the the last woman that we had, the the mother of two. It's not just one person at Disney that was speaking out of line. They have an entire culture, or should we call it an anti-culture? There has to be a term for this, <laughs> for anti-culture. In any case, they have filled the entire company with degenerate trash that want to that want to propagandize to children and lead to their um, moral undoing, I suppose. Now, let's continue though. Like, I, I feel like I felt like it was, I mean, like maybe it was that way in the past, but I guess like something must have happened in the last, like, like they're turning it around, they're going hard. And then all that like momentum that I felt like that sense of, I don't have to be afraid to like, Let's have these two characters kiss. Let's in the background. This are, like I was just wherever I could, just basically adding queerness to like. The, if you see anything queer in the show, I'm proud of them. But like I, I just was like, no one would stop me, and no one was trying to stop me. It's like I love. Okay, all right. Sorry, I almost had it loop. Okay, so you heard it yourself. It's like when they're being that. Should I say that honest? That flagrant. And the thing is, we're told that this kind of thing doesn't happen. Because that, that's what I've been told. I've been told that this is not a thing, that there is no effort to, to in, intentionally put gay people inside of children's shows, that there is no gay agenda. And in fact, she just kind of corrected all of those notions. In fact, there is a gay agenda. They are trying to put, as she calls it, queerness. Sure, we'll go with it. Inside of all these different shows. So... Yeah, well, I'm just going to go with we were right on this. <laughs> that seems like a good way of covering this. Um, we have more, so I'm just going to keep on going, all right? Because I think this next clip is probably the most important um, of, the, uh, of the, the Disney revelations. And all this content's going for, to kids who don't know any of this. And even if they're in a household like Keith uh, that have uh, supportive parents, they're still getting all of this information from media of what is normal. And yeah. we just, it's a, there's a lot of power to that and it just needs to be acknowledged. Yes. Yes, they have an incredible amount of power that they're exploiting in order to convince kids that what is degenerate is normal. And that's the thing. And that's what they're working on. And again, as he said, that's a tremendous amount of power. It is, and it's power that parents are, in some cases, accidentally uh, exposing their kids to when they when they turn on the Disney Plus or what have you. It's it's evil. And the thing is that I think some of us forget this, but what we were taught as kids, we don't question those things. If I come across an article tomorrow. Um, there's a good chance that I'm going to be skeptical of whatever it happens to be, and I'm going to verify it against different sources. But if it was um, something that I was taught as a child, you tend to in internalize those as just simply like the basics. And frankly, that's the way it's supposed to be. You're supposed to be taught fundamentals uh, in school. And one like example that I that I have used before is the whole thing of um, dogs descended from wolves. You know, we, we were told this as kids, and so everyone thinks it's true. And nowadays they're saying, well, actually, they're not descended from wolves as we know it, but something wolf-like, but not actually the wolf. And nobody cares um, about the evolutionary theory. I sure as heck don't. The point is that what you were told when you were young is something that you just kind of accept, and you never look up again. And when you're looking at these kids today who are going through the school system, and they're being told you know, to go ahead and wave those fl pride flags because 
that's the decent thing to do is to engage in that. And, you know, you should also do the Black Lives Matter parades and you should also feel ashamed of being white. And, you know, this is an intrinsically oppressive society towards black people. And by the way, uh, men and men uh, make perfect fathers um, combined, you know, and it's every bit as healthy as, as a normal healthy relationship. All these different things. Well, you know, uh, we're teaching these kids that, that stuff as foundational and it's difficult for them to ever wake up from that. And the people who are making these decisions, the people like those at Disney, like we just heard, are very much aware of how much power they have in who these kids become and what kind of knowledge they have. Um, Tom says it's easier to brainwash than unbrainwash. Yes, and even in adults that's the case, at least in part because it's much easier to fool a person than it is to convince them that they've been fooled because no one wants to, to go and say, oh, so uh, that virus wasn't really... Yeah, I shouldn't say anything COVID-related. <laughs> um, but, but seriously, it is very difficult to get a person to admit that he's been wrong or that he has been delusioned or poorly informed by propaganda. That is very difficult. Okay. Okay, you guys are still on the dog's topic. <laughs> All right. Uh, Spirit says, I went to Disney World when I was young and went on Hook's Island. Just looking around inside a fake cave, there was a man in there. Okay, I'm not going to read that online. All right, anyway, moving on, because I this is why I should proofread. Um, oh, yeah, okay. In regards to the Disney thing, um, there has been some uh, heat up over DeSantis, right? So you've got Ron DeSantis out there in Florida as the governor. And he is beginning to sort of take some heat from Disney because Disney keeps basically publicly bashing um, the so-called don't say gay bill, which was never about saying gay. It was about not teaching third grade and below um, about sex. That's what it was about. Um, they should have given it a better name because the actual name nobody really like remembers or any of that. So they should have called it like the don't groom our kids bill or something like that. And that's what I would have gone with. Um, for some reason, the Republicans are always really bad at this kind of thing. They're always really bad at like dealing with the culture war. They should have expected this sort of don't say gay pushback that was far more catchy than what they came up with. If they'd have just gone with the don't groom our kids bill, it would have been much easier. Um, Republicans are never aggressive enough, says Tony Swan. Yeah, exactly. Ex exactly. And if Republicans had been more forceful in the beginning, then we wouldn't have had the problem of having to sort of correct it every time we use the colloquial name because people only only recognize the colloquial name of the bill. Anyway, Disney says that they're going to work to undermine the bill in the courts and elsewhere. And DeSantis, as a result, has been sort of pushing back. And he's been looking at the 1967 Reedy Creek Improvement Act, which is a bill that basically allows Disney a lot of self-governance in the state of Florida with regards to uh, what they can build and that kind of stuff. They would usually be pretty heavily regulated, as you might imagine. Um, and so they have special privileges as a result of them simply being big and having lots of money. It's how our corrupt system works, like we began with in the middle, in, in the beginning, sorry, of the show. So let's go ahead and, and tune in with DeSantis's response to the Disney, and we'll, we'll go from there, okay? So, so the issue, someone said, hey, you know, Disney has all these special perks. Should you retaliate against them for them coming out and demagoguing this bill? I don't believe you, quote, retaliate. But I think what I would say is, as a matter of first principle, I don't support special privileges in law uh, just because a company is powerful and they've been able to wield a lot of power. And we saw this last year when I did the big tech censorship legislation to give Floridians the ability to sue big tech if they're deplatformed or censored based on ideological reasons. Now that's being litigated. We're going to have an argument in the 11th Circuit next month. I think we're going to win on a lot of the key provisions of that. But that's to be determined. Uh, that's Okay. Yes, I agree completely. 
And I do think that it's a serious problem when you have governments, including state governments, that make special exceptions um, for for these, these these private companies. And you know, it's not just Disney. Like, if you look seriously at what we have going on, because it's not just like I mentioned that specific bill, and that's what he's talking about. But we should go much further than that. Like, for example, back in uh, 2021, so last year, Disney Parks received a $580 million tax break from Florida to relocate 2,000 workers from Southern California to Florida. And it's like, okay, but that was tax money. Did, did people agree to that? Did the people of Florida agree to that? And why does Disney get breaks like that and small businesses don't? Because every politician... Every politician talks about how much they care about small businesses, but when they're given the tax breaks out, it's to the big businesses that, you know, invariably, invariably give kickbacks. And so, I mean, you mentioned the health work earlier. Uh, I mean, that was something that I came across constantly. It was these, these special breaks and special deals given to Monsanto and different pharmaceutical companies. Um, and it, it was really shady. And remember when, um, this is moving away from that, uh, from the health topic now, remember when Amazon um, wanted to open a second a, a second office, right, a second uh, main area, and you had states all over who were, who were bartering. If, if you'll just come here, we'll give you all this different money. It's like, okay, but where did, where did the government get that money? Well, from its, from its taxpayers. That's where it got the money. And it's money that it's that same government would not give to a smaller company who would be, by virtue of you know simply existing in the retail field, competing against Amazon. These are the things that we ought to find egregious, but instead they're so normal that few people speak against them. Again, this isn't what DeSantis was talking about. He was specifically talking about that one law that gives uh, Disney a ridiculous amount of self ownership compared to other businesses. Yes, I'm in favor of him uh, of him acting upon that. But I think we should go so much further, and I think we should look at what's going on with regards to all these different companies with which we constantly award different bonuses. And also in the area of big tech, uh, these companies that are so massive now, like Google and Twitter, you know, like every social media company, Facebook, have received massive amounts of money from state and federal governments. And then, you know, competitors try and compete against them, and they struggle to do so. It's like, well, yeah, because they're funded by our government in many different ways. And that's not the way it sh should be. And then you have people on the left saying, well, if you got, you got silenced on Twitter, well, that's a free market. It's like, no, it's actually not a free market, and that's the problem. And it's difficult for a company to, to come up and compete against them because they're getting all this extra money from the federal and state governments. Um... White Privilege Denier says, Amazon does DNA samples of new hires under the guise of drugs test swabs. I was going to work there but refused to be swabbed and I walked out. Yeah, the, the drug testing stuff kind of uh, creeps me out too. I, I think that if you you know, if you know were to go to work obviously impaired, then yeah, you should be fired. Um, but generally, I think that each individual person should have some degree of privacy. And, you know, when we start talking about body fluids, I think you should kind of have the privacy line drawn. But that's kind of unusual for millennials. I was talking about this just, just recently. Like millennials have kind of grown up in this era where we don't even expect the tiniest amount of privacy or acknowledgement um, that we ought to ought to have. That and so now you have like millennials who are like always talking to to Alexa or to Google um, in their houses because they grew up with the expectation that they'd constantly be under surveillance in one in one type or five. And I do think it's bad for society. Um. Yeah, the drug test started a while back, but now an increase. I mean, they did start a while back, but they've been increasing in just how many different companies use them because now it's considered to be normal and acceptable, whereas before it was um, more rare. Uh, Richard Toad says Disney is practically a government unto itself. In Florida, the, the laws do not apply do not all apply to them there. Well, yeah, but it does depend on the laws. That's why I wanted to be kind of clear there that we are talking about um, laws including building structure and that kind of thing. It's not like you can go there and, you know, kill somebody on, their, on Disney's land and you're, you're fine. Um, that's why I was trying to be clear. Um, okay, and, uh, oh, let's talk Canada for a minute because we've got, I mean, 
we're getting toward the end of the show and there's this development in Canada that I do want to cover because there was a, a member of the provincial parliament of Ontario, Randy Hillier, who was arrested and held in custody for 10 hours because he was part of the Freedom Convoy, right? You know, the truckers who, who went up there and engaged in civil disobedience. Well, he's been granted bail, um, I think probably to simply satiate uh, the public because it was leading to some degree of outrage, but he can't speak. He's been silenced by his own bail conditions. All right, so he, he issued a statement with his lawyer saying, quote, these charges have no merit, but represent our disturbing new reality where political opposition to the regime will be punished with the full power of the state. I have been released on bail and must abide by significant conditions imposed by the court. These conditions preclude me from freely expressing myself on social media, prevent me, preventing me from commenting on public policy that is of the utmost importance to the public interest, unquote. And that was uh, directly from Randy Hillier, that was directly from his office. Um, I want to go ahead and show you his... The, the, I, I went ahead and looked up the bail conditions and found the actual document, so we'll go ahead and look at that together. All right, so most of these are kind of what you'd expect, you know, register your address kind of stuff. But if you look down at, like, number seven here, okay, you've got do not post or cause anyone else to post on social media of any type about the Freedom Convoy, COVID-19 mask or vaccine mandates or the anti-vaccine cause. Continuing to read through to number eight, it says do not attend or provide any type of support, including financial support, to the Freedom Convoy or any anti-mask slash vaccine organization or causes. And that's that's really dystopian actually that's really dystopian and yes it of course severely abridges his free speech his free expression you're not just telling him he can't communicate with certain people you're telling him that he is not allowed to talk about this entire topic which is obviously important to him which is COVID-19 mask and vaccine mandates he can't even get involved in commenting publicly on, on the cause itself because some judge decided that he had the power to silence him? That's horrifying. That should not be allowed. And yeah, I realize tons of different judges decide that they have unlimited power. This is wrong. And the thing is, you're probably not going to hear a whole lot more from this guy because he's afraid that the moment that he speaks, I mean, past his current you know, speech in which he basically said, I can't speak, um he's going to get locked up for violating his bail conditions. And I'd expect that is exactly what would happen. And so what you need to have happen is other people speak up on his behalf. And that's why I'm drawing attention to, uh, to this topic. This is not a Canadian show. I don't cover Canadian topics that often, but this is, this is absolutely wrong and it's evil. And I think increasingly Canada seems to disregard the importance of free expression and free speech uh, in favor of whatever the, government of Canada in its totalitarianism wants to promote. It's simply, you know, um, you have free speech, just don't engage in hate speech. Or now it's, you have free speech, just don't engage in any speech that opposes us politically. And that's, that's what we're talking about. And that's seriously disturbing for, um, well, both for the people of Canada, but also for us, because what happens there is just kind of a, a warning sign of what's, what's spreading. Okay, a guy in the chat, Life After Death, uh, he tagged me and says, what are your thoughts on Dali Wire kids? I'm sorry, I don't know what you mean. If you mean the Dave Rubin kids, um, I covered that for an hour last week. You're, you're welcome to go look at that. If you don't mean that, then I have, I have no idea what you're referring to. Um, yeah, okay, so um, several of you, you guys are obviously um, Canadian, and I do, I do feel for you. And all I can say is, I think that this is a time when you shouldn't be silent. I think one of your own has been silenced, and he's unable to speak for himself at this point. I think what you kind of need is an overwhelming number of people speaking out um, as much as possible and protecting this guy, but also um, making it making it possible through mass non-compliance to speak truth. That's, that, that is the only non-violent solution at this point, is to make yourself sort of ungovernable by the, coven, by the current uh, government standards, if they can be called standards. 
Um, Life After Death has Ben Shapiro cartoons. I, I'm actually unfamiliar. Sorry. Um, okay. So it is, it is 11 o'clock actually. So what we will do is, uh, I'm going to start wrapping up the show because I've been trying to focus more on the mini shows. So I don't want to, um, if I go too long on this, I'll end up having a few mini-shows. That's the way that it is. So I will give you guys a few minutes to ask me any remaining questions. Like go ahead and at me, um, and I'll be more likely to see it. Uh, and whilst you're typing up your questions, rather than just go silent and sit here, um, I'm going to cover one more topic, okay? Because I did want to cover this, right? McDonald's closed its restaurant in Russia. Seriously. They pledged to keep paying the Russian employees who previously worked in those restaurants, but they closed them. And I saw this statement by McDonald's, right? And it says, quote, Fred Turner, who's the former CEO of McDonald's, explained his approach quite simply. Do the right thing, unquote. Um, I'm not sure how offering to, oh, sorry, how refusing to offer food to Russian citizens sort of equates to doing the right thing. I can understand how it's the woke thing, how that's our sort of, our modern mantra is, well, if you just do whatever the collective consensus says, that's what's moral and that's what's decent, but it's actually not. That's not actually how we define what is what is decent and what is good. That's simply the way that society is. And it's, it's funny because when you have what one cause after another that's that doesn't matter, that you have all these different uh, not just big tech companies, like all these different ma multinational companies, that's the term I was looking for, that all get together to, to fight for this, this cause, of like Black Lives Matter, for example. You know, you had like almost every website had Black Lives Matter on it. Um, and they were all pretending to fight against some cause, but there was no cause. Because if we really were in a massive racist system, they wouldn't have been able to do that. But then you wait until there's an actual humanitarian crisis, like some people um, being unable to visit their churches, right? Because churches are being f shut down against their will. There's people who are being arrested for, for speaking out, people who are being silenced for having the wrong political opinion, people who are being denied access to grocery stores if they don't have the right vaccination status. If you look at these things, you don't see the big you know, willingness to, to fight against the regime in those cases by these multinational corporations that tell us that they're so virtuous and so moral. Instead, they go quiet on those issues. I mean, it's like these companies proclaim to be in exactly, you know, standing side by side with, with the virtuous freedom fighters. But when it really comes down to it, when there really is a cause that's worth fighting, those people are quiet and often actually on the other side. Okay, um, anyway, Turtle says the plants need to be watered. Yes, actually, they do. That, that is actually true. It, it has been, I don't know, a few weeks, a couple weeks, something like that. But they're quiet, so they don't get watered. That's the way that it works. The dog gets watered. You know, he has water and food several times a day. I did great with animals, but plants are just so quiet, and so they just get, you just have to watch them brown each week. That's, that's the way this works. Um, let's see, I'm, I'm scrolling through looking for actual uh, questions. Uh, Keith says, love your content, glad I found you through Frank. Frank's thanks to a good guy who makes good videos, so I'm, I'm glad to have him as a colleague and more importantly as a friend. Yeah, he's a good man. Um, let's see. Odds on World War Three breaking out this year? Mm, I'm, I'm hoping not. I'm hoping not. Uh, Shane says ZZ plant looking happy. Well, every plant that's here is supposed to survive abuse and neglect. Supposed to. I actually have, so you've got a snake plant over here. It's confusing because it's mirrored. Um, got a snake plant over here and they're supposed to be impossible to kill. But I have killed one before. So it's, it's, they're not impossible to kill. You can kill them. You know, not that I have any pride in the matter. It kind of sounds weird now. You know, like I'm I'm murderous specifically. It's not. It's just I have other things to do, and they don't cry at me, and therefore they don't get fed. <laughs> uh, that's the way that it works. 
Okay, anyway. Uh, Krista Espival says, do you know anything about uh, Arthur, pa oh, Arthur Pavlovsky? I heard he's in jail again. I think he just got released, actually. Um, I need to get back in touch with him. I do plan on sending him an email and seeing if he'll come back on the show because we had him on the show before. It was a great interview. And, and we'll see. Hey, buddy. Um, models don't need water. Yeah, well, models don't speak either. So, yeah, that's a good thing. Else they die. Um... I, I'm glad you're impressed that I killed a snake plant. Yes. Okay, guys. Now, this is enough. So, uh, I'm going to call it a night. And I do plan on putting out little videos throughout the week. And I did, I think, one uh, this week. But anyway, um, that, that that's it. So, yeah. I'll try and get past... Uh, past, past uh, sorry. I'll try and get Arthur Pavlovsky on. All right, guys. So, have a wonderful night, okay? If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider helping to support it. You can give a one-time donation or buy a branded mug at thecrusadergal.com or you can donate monthly by searching for my name, Sarah Corrier, at Subscribestar. Thank you so much. I couldn't do this without your support. And whether you can help financially or not, don't forget to tell your friends. Big Tech isn't going to help me spread the word. Thank you.